Hello, and welcome to the third ever episode of the Gen Z Mafia podcast. This is the show where we give you a glimpse into our amazing community of builders. Today, we have our first community promo from Jack O'Regan Kenny. Jack wants you to know about his product, Mirror. Mirror is a touchscreen smart mirror providing full tablet functionality on a mirror. Stream Netflix, listen to Spotify, or even follow a makeup tutorial, all while keeping unused screen space fully reflective. Mirror. Looks like a mirror, works like a tablet. Pre-order at www.mirror.tech. If you're like Jack and have a product that you want us to promote on the show, follow us on Twitter at Gen Z Mafia and retweet the episode where we tweeted out the link to the show, and you'll be entered for a promo on next week's episode. Now for today's show. We have a fireside with Pure Chemist, the pseudonymous longtime crypto contributor. Rahul interviews him about his crypto background, his current take on the crypto market, what's going on with NFTs, as well as where he thinks this is all heading. If you're anything like me, you have a lot to learn about this space, so I'm excited for you to hear it. So totally impressed with your background from whatever I've heard and whatever I could read up, both on your write-ups and your previous interviews. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself as how do you see your current role in the crypto ecosystem and like how has that grown in the past few uh, months and years? Okay, so I'm Pure Chemist. I go by this pseudonymous nickname. It's a remnant of the old days where every, everything in crypto was basically anonymous. And I remained. It's, it's basically, let's say, a brand name. But at this point, so there is no, no point in trying to change it. So my background is actually not from computer science or something similar. I'm actually a chemist and, you know, pure chemist. So peer-to-peer chemist, let's say. That's, that's, that was the inspiration for the nickname. I came, yeah, I came to crypto, I believe, in 2013 or something like that, maybe a bit earlier. But at the time, it was, it, there wasn't, there wasn't like anything to do around crypto back, back in those early days. There was very, very few people communicating about concepts, which at the time were pretty alien to me. So I kind of let it go. And came back with more interest in 2014. My first interest in space, let's say space, because at the time nobody actually knew that this is going to become anything. We were just building, I don't know, like some kind of network, I guess, which translated money. But we had no idea that somebody would actually be starting to use that in the future and that somebody would tried to be trading these things and you know speculating upon them investing and so on it was pretty alien back in back in those back in those days so my first let's say project was building a like a super low power uh, like energy efficient node for the proof of stake network peercoin if you know raspberry pi raspberry pi was dawn of raspberry pi movement let's say it was like also 2012 until 2014 so it was all the hype back in back in those days and if you're if you're into computers and especially linux and open source you would stumble upon raspberry pi and you would stumble upon crypto and 
that's how I basically combined the two, made this uh, dedicated Linux distribution called Peerbox, which basically you could set your Raspberry Pi to be like super, super, super efficient node for the network. And that's, yeah, that's, that's basically my, my Genesis story in the scene. Do you want me to expand on this early days about my career or just? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Know, okay. know a lot of that. And then the bubble happened in late 2013 and early yeah. 2014. That was the first speculation bubble in crypto. I believe that's the first point where Bitcoin exceeded $1,000. And But it, it didn't last for long. I believe it already by mid-2014, I think it already fell apart. There was, there was something going on with the MTGOX exchange in Japan, which at the moment was dominant on, in, in, on the scene. And after that, it basically everything got quiet like very quiet let's say if you if you if you got used to like communicating with maybe two three hundred people on the forum post bubble collapse i know that went down to maybe 20 30 people like very very drastic like basically cleaning of the entire scene and then in 2015 late 2015 with advent of ethereum people started to get to come back and then it kind of, it kind of, you, you saw like this, this, this new force, this new driver. So, but what, what was the, so in the past ideology and like open source interest in these things, that was the leading driver of, of everything, but already with the advent of Ethereum and, and the project associated with Ethereum, for example, the DAO, you could see that newcomers. Uh, they are here for the money. You know, the, mm. the first the first sharks who came and they would you know they would scout and try to find where where can where can they can turn some money around. And that was about those early days. Let's say mid era started in 2016, and that's basically when I became a project leader for the Peercoin. Because the former leadership, uh, which was led, I mean, like a team led by anonymous Sunny King, they basically, they basically left sometime during 2015. Like they didn't like leave, leave and gone, like gone forever. But you can see it, like you know, like they they have lost interest. I guess, I don't know. I I, I never knew like the motive motivations behind like leaving it. But I also never knew motivations about starting it. So, yeah, you never know. You know, like Satoshi also left Bitcoin in, in after after a couple of years as well. But so project, yeah, ask please. Are there any speculations on why they left? You mean like uh, Bitcoin guys or Satoshi? Both of them. I believe it's the only natural way of evolution i don't think you can you can execute your your idea in this context without leaving because yeah so it's important to understand so like from from perspective of today it's it's weird like why did you leave and and for example why does satoshi have one million bitcoins uh it's, it's speculation but it's probably true right and people don't understand that in in those early days 
you didn't design this to you know like to make money or to like get rich or you know some things things like that things which which are associated with crypto today back in those days you made something to you know it's it was like movement it was like the scars from 2008 uh, and 2009 recession were still fresh globally especially in the west for mm -hmm. example my family lost a job i was a student you know i was completely broke and then you you know you, you go in forums and people are talking about how how do we fix this this you know it, it was like big big scar on on global state of mind and crypto was like one of the options and you know like computer guys open source guys they thought like if we do this maybe this will like eventually grow into something which can solve these problems we have and these early guys they they basically rode that wave they delivered their expertise and the code and uh, the the how to say like vision vision of how how to execute these things Mm -hmm. and, but they had to leave because if you if you if you want to create something which will eclipse let's say eclipse the the global financial system you can't have a leader it has to be completely you know like nobody's in control yeah yeah but that's the main point of, of crypto in my in, in in my opinion so if you if you have a crypto with a ceo then it's completely you have missed the the whole field, right? It's I mean today it's 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 a pretty normal thing. Today startups are issuing their own cryptocurrencies, but back in the day, you know, a visionary would push a project and then it would become a cryptocurrency by through its community and through the contributors. Thousands of minds would together with without without clear monetary incentives at the moment, they would they would just do something. So for you, how did it become from an experiment that you were like just playing around to an actual career uh, in crypto? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable, actually. And it kind of took me by surprise, honestly. So as I say, I was a student just finishing my studies in chemistry, actually, to like completely, completely unrelated field. So not even in finance, not even in the like, computers and anything. And... I just like like finished my studies and I had like a couple of jobs, nothing nothing permanent, nothing major. But as I say, in 2016, something reversed, something completely changed on the scene. And yeah. people would scout. So people would come on our chats, Pircon chats, they would come on forum. They would probably read and follow what am I doing, how am I thinking, right? And then they would privately reach me out to like, I don't know, like do some kind of like advisory role for their projects to, 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 to make advice. How do they, how do they start? They want, they want to have a startup in this scene. And they, I don't know, how do I write the white paper? Who do I reach out to, to get listed on, on this exchange? Is this exchange even good? How much does this cost realistically? Where do I find a guy who can implement me this, you know, all these things. And basically I became a guy who was just there for the new wave of investors and speculators and, and businessmen who came on the scene. I was, I was like a, one of the go-to guys, right? And that's how my career started basically. And still to this day, I have zero working hours in, in my field, my in chemistry. All my working hours are basically in crypto. I, I, I have my own company doing doing these things you know i basically 
I was like pushed into into becoming a professional on the scene, and yeah, it's it's my career now. Got it. So I I was still like a college freshman in 2015, and that's when like I heard for the first time about Bitcoin. And back then it was just like a play, like just a thing about mining and making money. And that seemed like very different from what the core philosophy was meant to be. And this has been one of the effects with both cryptography and uh, decentralization and Bitcoin that what what information and what case for crypto reaches the masses is very different from the core of why it's meant to be. So both the bull case for why crypto should exist, why Bitcoin, Ethereum and other other abstractions should exist has evolved in the years and so has the BORK. So BOK started with, oh, it's just a place to mine. Then it started to become, oh, it's just a place to invest and is not really meaningful. And now it's becoming like, yeah, you can do transactions, but it's so slow. And um, like both of these cases have kind of evolved. And there is another philosophical argument against Bitcoin and decentralization, which is that centralized abstractions actually do protect the economy in far many cases. Yeah, there are exceptions like the Great Depression, but in most of the cases, these abstractions of centralized financial institutions are actually helping the economy. So how do you kind of hear and react to all of these cases? And I'm I'm assuming that both the bull case uh, that most of the people are so passionate about and both the beer case that most of the people are so skeptical about are both not absolutely correct. So if you were to paint a picture of the exact story of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, what it's meant to be, what is the purpose, when would it become actually usable and what are the core problems which have to be solved before they become usable. So what would that look like for you? I would just like to comment on something as, as you are bringing it up. So in, indeed, it was all about uh, mining and then simply dumping those coins on the exchange uh, so you could like, I don't know, get some extra cash or something. And then, then after that, a new generation of traders came and then you end up with cyclical market, which is basically totally depending on what the miners do and, and so on. But yeah, that's basically how, how it organically grew, right? Like nobody expected this to happen at all. Now, uh, uh, honestly, like you, you have mentioned the big depression and I have recently uh, mentioned the recession of 2008 and 2009. Uh, like this, in, back in 2000, 2020, so last year, during the corona pandemic, people were expecting to Bitcoin to finally shine because they were expecting the, like say, global economic crash, right? And the crash almost happened. If you remember that day when basically Wall Street stumbled like 30, 40% in, in a single morning. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that this is basically the core, right? This is the core concept, which is, which is driving the collective mind of everybody involved in crypto. This is basically that. So it's like something which is completely detached from the the usual ways of the of the global finance, right? Something which which is let's say like offshore for for everything, for all all the value can be like completely offshore and no no legal 
no legal framework or government or anything they they can't touch it right that's i believe that's the that's the the, the basic narrative which exists since since the inception I, I don't know like in the end it 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 became something which it fought against because since 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 ethereum and those early ethereum days institutions from the same wall street which crypto was let's say fighting against they are now like one of the main driving forces in in the crypto speculation game right and trading and now you see funds hedge funds from from the us they are starting to invest in in, in these coins and protocols and so on so yeah it, it basically got hyper commercialized it's it's definitely not something that we imagined years ago yeah it, it, it became it became just just another speculative asset right and it, and by becoming integrated with the the exact same uh, financial flows of, of the global economy, it became basically pegged to it. So I, I'm not sure if we can lo- we can longer expect that, let's say, uh, Bitcoin will stand tall if everything else crashes. Now I would say like it will crash even further because it's less liquid than let's say Tesla stock. And when one uh, when fund some hedge fund from Wall Street when they need to uh, quick cash they will of course start liquidating their assets but due to less liquidity crypto will fall much lower than uh, equivalent stock right got it got it got it another interesting question that pops up generally when people start talking about cryptography is what is the real utility or power of using crypto so think of it in this terms when I'm using a currency or when I'm using a consumer application right now, both of those have very immediate utility for me. However, the case for using crypto is either a very exceptional case case where you want to transfer it across the globe and that's the only way possible or, um, or of that philosophical point of view where you know what you should have some cash stored in crypto because what if banks fuck up or something else yeah so so what do you understand which yeah yeah so what is the bridge between that philosophical advantage to giving a consumer or a user of this or this system of financial institution a real power which is immediately valuable so has crypto been able to like make progress on this question so far? No. Okay. I'll just How give you see? an example. I'll just give you yeah. an example. So back in 2013 and 14, and when I was just like getting myself introduced into this, I had a barber shop like maybe one block away from my apartment where I lived as a student. And I could pay with bitcoins there. Right? Hmm. 2014, maybe early 2014. Hmm. And I was in the same town, in the same neighborhood last summer. I believe, I believe it was like June or something. And I went yeah. by the same barber store. It's still there, but the sign, pay with Bitcoin, it's gone. Got it. It's gone. So my, probably why? Because nobody ever paid Bitcoin. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Nobody ever. Like in, like in five, six years, nobody ever paid with Bitcoin. I'm sure, very, very sure of that. And because why would you pay something with Bitcoin? It's very unreasonable thing to do, right? First of yeah. all, like um, this market, for, it's very cyclical. So, okay, so let's say 
we wouldn't be having this conversation one year ago. Why? Because Bitcoin was, I don't know, it was, you know, like a couple of hundred percent uh, was the pump since, right? Maybe even more. Mm. I don't, I don't remember. So nobody was around, right? And when nobody is around, but there's no hype, there is no speculation, then most of the, you know, people, they don't hold Bitcoin in these moments. They, they come back to buy when, when the hype returns, right? So they can sell higher. And in these conditions, this bearish, in bearish markets, nobody is actually holding it in even if you do hold it why would you sell why would you sell it now for some service like pay with it if you can just wait for another like i don't know 18 months or or something like that and sell it higher that you, you don't have the incentive to to actually purchase something with, with with bitcoin or you know some cryptos maybe but bitcoin in generally no and most of cryptos work work just like this now, when it comes for like, like, why would somebody actually trying to be paying something with crypto? It's, as I say, it's very hard to find a reasonable, you know, why. But one thing that I see happening is like international payments. Hmm. For example, if, if you, I don't know, like some people, like it's hard to understand for us living in the West. We have like every single app, you have it. You have, you know, banking systems are good especially here in Europe, like SEPA transfer, euro to euro everywhere in the in the EU is like nine cents. It's, you know, like, like there is no cryptocurrency which can compete with nine cents per transaction, transaction fee. It's impossible, right? But some people do live uh, in areas where, where banking is like in poor quality, you can't depend on them, or like your government is trying to forbid you from like reaching out to in, like global economy you can't receive money from abroad like like fees are super high i don't know like you have like you can find many reasons why would somebody want that right and these people they do sometimes receive money for their work or they sell something on the internet for bitcoins or other cryptos and they you know like they they purchase their vpn with with bitcoin they they buy Netflix uh, gift card and they, they use their VPN to watch Netflix from China or something like that. These, these, these things actually do exist. And this, uh, you know, it's for some, for some things, it's uh, understandable. Why would somebody use that? But like for you personally, or from, for basically most of the people listening to, listening to this talk now, it's hard to find a reason why would you actually try to use it on a day-to-day basis. So, so if you think of it, Bitcoin brought about a very innovative solution to this problem of incentive distribution and attach that with economic incentive. Uh, do you think there is a critical piece missing from this entire solution, which could have solved this problem where it gives some immediate power to every single person who's using it, which is non-existent until now. And do you think that's that's even solvable and if yes has there been any progress do you see any ideas shifting how do you mean that? like can you explain the question so how do you mean the incentive incentive to use it or how do you mean so so far if you think this entire point of view of decentralized payments and decentralized payment matching which does not require an authority or a central trust is like a powerful solution against against 
depending on some authority for all your financial transactions so i believe what bitcoin really brought on the table was this beautiful solution where you don't have to depend on any authority or any trustable mechanism anywhere you believe in the power of cryptography and in the power of mathematical calculations and how hard it is and then decentralize it now this is like one power, powerful piece of the puzzle but i think there's another piece that is missing which uh, essentially makes holding this currency valuable to you and because that piece is missing all that's ha- happening is it's being driven by hype and philosophy because there is no use case of this entire currency and essentially the entire ecosystem is just looking for this sort of use case on apart from international payments apart from dealing with prohibitive regimes like something that makes it immediately useful could be a governance model could be a different financial abstraction could be just immediately usable form of currency but do you think immediate utility for a cryptocurrency is something that's an important part that's missing and has there been any progress done towards it well you could say that there is a use case and it's being worked on it's it's being developed i be, you know like i believe it's like it's time to forget about crypto as a payment currency right and if you if you follow the like official narrative of the bitcoin community especially they they have also like forget about it like it's the payments are not going to happen i mean they have like solutions which kind of make that possible but in general they have given up so it's basically all moving into into an investment class right all like an investment asset and i i believe this this is like this is like very very likely this is the where the the future growth will will be like it's all about investment for for most of like people like if i don't know like it's impossible to do market analysis right you don't know you don't know like who are these guys who are trading with crypto but i would guess they are males dominantly and they are from like 18 to i don't know like 40 maybe in 35 even that's the like the dominant demographics right and for this populace globally i believe this is the first time they are even even investing in something this is their first interaction with investment like you know for okay for 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 most of the people on the globe it's it's impossible to reach wall street but you can reach bitcoin and crypto everywhere you you can reach into australia you can reach it in vietnam you can reach to china you can reach it in ukraine you can you know everywhere but like stocks tesla stock apple stock you, i don't know like you you likely will find it very hard to reach it from china or like i don't know like places like where regimes are super nanny right so i believe this is the this is the the future like we we can stop pretending this is about payments anymore it's basically just investment vehicle for you know like very 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 accessible very global very low uh, friction investment vehicle vehicle for the entire planet got it got it interesting interesting so if you were to walk us through how the entire ecosystem is organized today what does nft mean what are different protocols what are different cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. 
what are things that are separating them how would you kind of give us a bird eye view of what exactly the ecosystem is about how are the abstractions being built what are what all is being built over other things so how does like the ecosystem look like uh, first of all uh, as you, you ask like how is it organized it's not organized at all it's it's basically still a very very big bazaar and everybody is uh, doing whatever they want and you know these guys are selling these guys these guys are buying these guys are trying to raise money these guys are scamming these guys are you know, hacking and you know it's it's uh, it's a big mess it's a bazaar and that's be- that's actually beautiful that's yeah. actually beautiful yeah. And yeah, so all of these things, as you ask, ask like NFTs, decentralized finance, all these things are basically what's you have these cycles of hype words and buzzwords are basically now NFTs and DeFi. If we had this talk during the last bubble, it would be like proof of stake, privacy, and even in the former bubble, the first one, it, it would also be proof of stake. And maybe some other things like ASIC, ASIC resistance, governance. These are just buzzwords, okay? And they 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 sometimes repeat. They come in cycles. Sometimes they are brand new. So, for example, NFTs are a very old thing. They are from like 2013, 2014, but they are becoming all the rage now. I can explain now what is the NFT. It's it's actually a very vague vague definition because you can place anything on the under the NFT. So let's say, let's, let's further define what's a token. A blockchain token is a place, basically a record living on the peer-to-peer database, worldwide distributed peer-to-peer database. And this is a basically just a record. And if you have a key, which can prove that you own uh, the, this pub key where this, uh, this token was originally sent to, you now own this token, congratulations. And NFTs are basically token with with circulation of one. Okay, so it's a brand new unique token for one thing, and it's it, it's it's like attached to one thing. For example, you can you can you can like we can have a can, painting in a museum. Yes, and... I was just trying to find a very uh, f- fun example. <laughs> You can you can record this this uh, this conversation now, and you can attach NFT to it, and you, as the author, you can prove that you have made this because you have the original document and you were the first to issue the NFT, which points to this thing. So what what would you, you would do? You would make a token on some on some blockchain network. It's uh, you can do it on basically any blockchain network. It's nothing special. And you would in metadata, you would attach link or something, a description to this audio file, and you can sell it for the for on the auction. And it's finding its use case now in gaming, and it's finding its use case now in digital art. So all kinds of art, paintings, 3D models, you know, all these things, and also in gaming, which actually has the perfect sense. You know, in 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 many games as Especially these like massively played multiplayer role yep. playing. You know, I forgot the you know. Fortnite. The, yeah, this, the ex- yeah. You have these like unique items. For example, yeah. you have this sword 
and there is only one sword ever in the world right and if you obtain this sword this company which i mean the startup which runs the, the game they can send you the, the nft token and you are the only one you can only only you can prove that you have this token and now you can you can play with it of course but of course because it's a rare item because it's has ultimate scarcity it's it's uh, supply is one you can go out and uh, try to sell it right you can you can try to sell it for uh, any amount of money and this is what this was this was happening now people are realizing that these things are very useful and especially as i say in gaming and in digital art and so so i don't know like uh, you're a comic book company and uh, you have your digital uh, publication and this uh, is this is a special issue an anniversary anniversary uh, i don't know like 25 years of this uh, this comic and you will only have uh, let's say 1000 of these you know like pdf files right so everybody can have a copy right but these guys who have the original and they have a token which can can you can you can like certify this is this is a original one and only 1000 and of course the collectors and people who have interest in these niches they will flock to it and they will they will try start using it it basically it's a way to have a have scarcity in a digital world and it's it's fascinating which you can do all all kinds of things with that next next hype word so defi DeFi is something I wanted to touch in the last topic. It's also very, very wide. You know, you have all kinds of things like clumped together under this umbrella of buzzwords under DeFi. What is DeFi? This centralized finance, right? It's it's basically what it revolves around. It's basically you trade with some tokens, right? But you trade without a middleman. Your middleman is is a program living on the blockchain like smart contract right so for example you have some i don't know like what is a popular ethereum token yeah i i said i, I won't be mentioning any anything special oh yeah imagine any any token so you can flip it for ethereum and back without middleman so you don't have to go on coinbase or or some other centralized uh, exchange you can you can simply use the protocol living on ethereum itself right and they have built entire like everything around this so you have like automated market making you have lending you have like insurance you have like flash lending like you have all it's 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 a like complete wild west innovation is happening but it's very very hard to find actually something very you know, like unique in this jungle of everything because most of the things are just copies of the, the, the older thing with just like three things modified and and that's that's how they do. But it's interesting to to see how how it looks like and how it's evolving. So far, like from from external perspective, like for 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 somebody who is not necessarily completely into crypto, it's fine. It's hard to say. Like go out there, it's uh, it's usable. It's hardly usable because like why would you need to lend uh do you need like a loan in ethereum why would you need a loan in ethereum right but if you're a trader it makes sense because you can leverage yourself right and by doing that okay did i did i miss any hype words 
do you see any sort of credit score coming to defi to have loans without collateral no no because on the blockchain you don't exist okay you're not a person you are just uh you're you're a pub key public key address and that's that's all there there is like it's uh, it's it's hard to that's these loans they always go by you basically give something as a collateral right and based on that you get the loan but you always over collateralize right because there is a risk if you if, if you flee of course and this this is impossible to solve the only way i, I see it like s- solved if in classic finance you can do that you can you can uh, you can get a loan without collateral because because there is a legal system right and somebody can go out there and force you to pay back but in crypto you're just a number you're just you don't exist so how do you how do you make a number pay if the number doesn't have any resources got it got it and the next one from louis what, what do you think about bitcoin hard cap and deflationary currencies and also why is pure coin inflationary okay so uh, i touched about about these topics earlier but i didn't go into this de- this kind of detail so why is bitcoin deflationary so my theory of origin of bitcoin is that it was founded in the united states during or or just pre recession of 2008 and why because that's the first thing that the entire generation of americans have actually meet met the 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 term inflation right they didn't know like what inflation means before for this date like this uh, this couple of uh, years right and somebody somebody thought to himself like this inflation must be super bad and I better make this deflationary because, you know, like, why not? It's, if, if it's completely the opposite from the inflation, then it has to be good. And another thing, it has a hard cap. Why? Because the creator, they didn't know how to make this thing even desirable, valuable, right? And then they gave it gimmicks. So it's a gimmick. It's, it's deflationary. I mean, it's not deflationary yet. It's, it deflates at, at, at first faster rate than the USD still. It's... It's over over two percent still, uh, so keep that in mind. It will it will run out the inflation in two thousand in twenty one thirty four I think or something like that. It's like one hundred years years from now. Uh, so yeah, so they give it they give it hard cap arbitrary number twenty one mil because you know they have to give it a gimmick. And why is Bitcoin inflationary? Why? Because that makes sense. Because you don't have you you can't have economy without inflation. And like pretty much every school of thought of economics, they say two to three percent. It's like golden inflation, right? If you don't have uh, economic growth, it can stimulate the growth. If you have uh, like like massive economic growth, let's say like China, then twenty years ago they had to keep up with the inflation so they had 12 percent inflation they are basically expanding their their like currency supply to meet demand of the economy and you can't you can't decode these things into into a protocol so sticking with like let's say one to three percent indefinitely i believe it's it's a good solution got it got it 
we have another one from Anuj. He says, "Tell me, tell Pierre, I said, what up, King? How did you get into algo trading? <laughs> and what drove you to write CryptoTech? Okay, so CryptoTech is basically abandoned at this point, but I did wrote this other library, Finta. How I got into algo trading is basically I wanted to understand like what is going on with this crypto market. And, you know, I had to research. I, re I researched everything. So one very, very important piece of crypto puzzle is like understanding how the markets work. And, you know, like you, you go around in chats and people are talking about, I don't know, like RSI, MFI, moving averages, I don't know, like Bollinger Bands or things like that. And you have like no idea what these guys are talking about. And how is this relevant to what, what is going on with Peercoin or Bitcoin or something like that? And then you realize it's super important. It's basically the driving force behind this. And then I went out to understand all of that. I went... I wrote, I wrote some primitive analysis libraries. It, it basically, it's, uh, it's very good today. Finta, Finta is now, it's massively used actually. I think I have, Finta has uh, 288 forks and 800 stars on GitHub. And just to give you a comparison, so Peercoin has less stars, I believe. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> believe it nice. or not yeah so yeah 480 stars double the stars on on something basically which crunches numbers against the full-blown cryptocurrency that's that's fascinating next question from manan what do you think about where does value come from for a non-utility nft token uh speculation people are not people are now buying nfts massively you know like they're paying ridiculous amounts of amounts of money for basically a picture of i don't know like hamster whatever you know like it can have it can have anything just because they think like nft wave is start is, is, is starting and they will be able to cash out at a higher price maybe a couple of years down the road that's it so i i had found like a document called my collectible ass have you heard of it have you read it no Okay, so it's kind of a philosophical document on why collectibles and NFTs make sense and why they would even more in future. That's very philosophically motivated, not driven by utility, but pretty interesting. I've posted it here. If you want, I'll DM you again. Another I'll question. I'll read this yeah. later. NFTs become an issue for intellectual property, like patents and supposedly groundbreaking research. I believe this is the next the next big big thing to be resolved for NFTs. I believe when one day when the le legislation will allow properties and patents to be resolved using the blockchain, I believe this is this will become basically standard for some things. Okay, so okay, now it's basically just you know amateurs and so on, but I, I see concrete professional use cases in case where. Legisl legislators say, okay, you can you can take care of patents and, and these things using the blockchain. Got it. Got it. Interesting. So one more question. When you're advising projects, do you have any litmus tests you lean on to weed out bad apples? And given, given that, we like dive in more into how you advise projects, what all you've taken up, and what is like some common set of advice that you want to share with other people if, you're, if they're building projects. So like, that's like a deep, long question. How do you 
what do you think about all of, all of this okay so i usually take a long uh, let's say landing strip so if when they reach out i let's say i start working but i don't sign anything for maybe a month even two sometimes you know just talking getting to know their state of mind why because i always like take care of reputation my personal reputation right i will never like sign with somebody even if they mention me somewhere if i see this will blow up in my face down the road that's why i take it slow and the test is basically first of all are you even are you even a human a decent human being like taking it's taking it like very very organized right you you can't just just like follow every trend which which comes around you have a you have to have a strategy from day one until your final final project right but of course they they always want to take shortcuts and uh, market market is fast trends are moving fast so they they will often but yeah it's 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 hard i mean like like greed is greed is is the main driver and you know greedy people are i wouldn't say like they are all greedy but you know it comes in in, in layers right but it, you know the greed is uh, the, the main driving force always and i i kind of find that hard to get interested with so i always try to, to find something a client which i also can learn something i can deliver something which actually which is actually useful to everybody in the world or at least their community or something interesting so in the past what all projects have you advised and what was your contribution oh I, I would like i would like not to comment on this okay in general are there any pieces of advice for someone who wants to start a new crypto project i know it's kind <sighs> of open ended but like still if you have any principles uh if if you're looking to start a crypto project i like today first step is be rich <laughs> Got it. Like be be rich now because at, you need at least twenty mil to to get yeah. it going properly today. Like mm -hmm. it's it's highly competitive and like costs are incredible and you you know you, you need to cater to your investors and if you don't have a cash, you will just burn out. So first of all, yeah, have money already or have a damn good idea. Like very very extremely very good idea. Then get connected, and then you know, I don't know, like hire me to assemble you the <coughs> the process, and maybe it gets going. Nice, interesting. Hmm. Have you have you seen any real good ideas come up where they did not have extremely high fund, but they were still able to pull something really good off? Oh well, yeah. I mean, like there are good ideas everywhere, but usually they are packaged in in like in in a wrapper of bad ideas that's that's usually mm -hmm. what happens okay so you have one good idea but then you undo it with 10 bad ideas but it's not about ideas actually i mean like you, you can have a good idea of course and many people do have a good idea but if you can't if you don't know like how to properly launch it if you're you didn't catch the proper market cycle you know all these things then you will just uh, disappear from the radar yeah for example, uh, just just a recent example. There's there there was something um, recently something hot on the market. Uh, okay. I mean, like speculation wise, everybody was talking about it on Twitter, and then I take take took a look, and they had it going actually from 2015, and they launched only this uh, last couple of months. Why? Do you know why? Why would you wait for so many years to launch now? Now is like the big hype. That's it. That's it. So your idea is worth 
nothing if you don't time the market well, right? And that's you need you need to wait wait for the specific moment. Yeah, everything is happening. Coinbase IPO is happening now. It's yeah. Like, do you want to talk about cover covered colored coins? Colored coins, yeah. I mean, okay, sure. But it's 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 2020. It's this 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 concept is uh, very old. 2013, even even maybe a bit earlier. I actually wrote my own colored coin token protocol. It's called Pure Assets. It's basically my first uh, serious work in crypto scene. And it's, so colored coins are basically, I speak now exclusively in context of Bitcoin and Bitcoin uh, based projects because colored coins make sense on these, these kind of blockchains. They don't kind of make, usually make sense on different kinds of blockchains. So basically what is a colored coin? You make a transaction and you write something in its uh, metadata uh, field, you know, like something descriptive. And this, this description is actually what is creating something new. So you have a then then you have a protocol which which keeps track of these things and you you know that's that's how you basically solve issuing tokens on, on top of Bitcoin and and pure coin and similar currencies and how you solve NFTs and these things so yeah but today everything everything uh, about this is usually done on on Ethereum and I mean very few s- similar networks and exclusively always uh, through the smart contracts. Very, very few people are now using color coins in 2020. Even though there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with these things. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I, I guess like the fees driven people off Bitcoin. So they stopped using color coins on Bitcoin. And uh, colored coins on pure coin never took off because the market cap is too low. So the market cap is kind of equal the hype, equal yeah. the interest. And that's why, that's why I never took off. That's interesting. Just like the final equation. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What are your thoughts on impact of money laundering or illegal activities or currency flight on the reputation of crypto and how prevalent it is and how much of this contributes to the success of or the lack of success of the overall space? Uh, I believe that it's it's significant amount of money floating around on the scene is basically from these kinds of activities. This is no secret uh, ever since early days. I believe even in 2014, you could find reports about this, especially uh, the cap- capital flight from China and uh, all of these things. So yeah, it's it's well-established. I believe these channels are well-established in, in crypto space now. And if if you have a significant amount to move through and you know how who to reach and I, th- I believe you can do it very cheaply and very very fast because you know it's established by now reputation suffers of course because of that just recently as a, as a ceo of my own company i had to answer to the tax authority because one of my clients had crypto in its, its in the name of llc llc right so there's like crypto something llc from from something some somewhere in in the states and and I had to go and answer on the road if I'm doing money laundering because they saw crypto and it's it's like triggered something some kind of system and they want me they want to check about me what am I doing so yeah you, you can see like the law is trying to you know d- defend defend itself defend the the sovereign sovereign nations that try to try to defend themselves from these things 
but it's just too easy. It's just too easy to do it through crypto, and it's it's not, no surprise that this is this is happening and it it continues to happen. I, I'm not sure how to stop that unless like I mean, no, like there's no way to, there's no way, absolutely no way to stop this. And reputation, of course, will will continue to 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 suffer due to this. And yeah, as I say, I I don't know how to resolve it, but it's true. It's true. There's another question. Um... Do you think crypto will stay um, pseudonymous? And second, what do you think about NFTs related to identity, IDs, education diplomas? Do you think that makes sense? Okay, so I'm not sure how. What do you mean specifically about crypto and uh, anonymity? Do you mean like like people involved will they stay pseudonymous, like me myself, or or something? I'm not sure. Like what's what is the the exact yeah, I think of the question. These are, these are, I think, two separate questions. One of those is the people involved in the crypto ecosystem. Oh, it's okay. No, it's, it's just that I'm just exploring this idea of NFTs being linked to, to an, an identity, uh, specifically to skills learned from someone else, sort of peer-to-peer uh, teaching and vouching for someone else that they have the skills so they can mm-hmm. kickstart their career. And sort of exploring that idea, yeah, NFT for for instead of having to use a, a lot of collateral to get a loan, maybe maybe the, the correlation of of this amount of people have vouched for my skills for for like like I'm just exploring this idea of proof of time. I, I spent X like a hundred hours with Rahul le- like learning this. And, and and that idea of, of, of trying to to like mint that into an F- NFT and use that sort of like as a, well it, it could be think of as a collateral but it's not it's not valuable in the secondary market it will be mostly to link identity and trying to well reduce the risks for for lenders yeah I don't I don't know if that like it, it just seems that that we have that in the fiat finance system for like if you have a university diploma you have better fico scores yeah i understand yeah i understand uh first of all you need to understand that whatever's whatever happens on the blockchain it happens on the blockchain you can read it from from the from the from the off off chain Uh, but for example chain can't know what is happening between you and your peers like in real life okay so you always have you always have to make some kind of proof. So when you say, let's say you you were an apprentice to some some master master in, in whatever uh, skill you're looking after, then you're still trusting his reputation. You didn't you didn't bring anything uh, uh, security wise and uh, like trust wise by doing NFT about that because you're still tra- you're, because you're still trusting this master to vouch. That you have the skill, but definitely yes. Uh, and actually, just recently, I, with one of these uh, uh, popular cryptocurrency portals, we had a talk, and I proposed that they do this specifically similar to this. So they would have a quiz, let's say a pub quiz, but maybe a bit more, a bit more in depth about crypto. And if you complete these stages, you get like diplomas, and this diploma is basically NFT. And then you can like I don't know you can you can show it to your friends or something. But it's it's a beginning of something as 
as you say, it could be used for many, many, many more things. Can we move on to understanding what are some important problems that are being worked on in crypto? If let's say a big node has to start exploring, what are the things that they should be going through? And what are the things that they should start experimenting, start building? What are the projects to participate in? What are some projects that are like totally taking off? So how do you kind of see the future of crypto unfolding? Uh, so the the future, I believe it's, it's going to become uh, more and more mainstream uh, speculation vehicle, uh, asset class basically. And mm -hmm. like like concrete real world world uh, use cases will keep they will keep like uh happening but i don't i don't i don't see like um, a way to to make it like super mass like a super massive mass scale i don't think that will that will happen like very very soon but you know sp speculation is the driving force since very early days and i believe it it's going to it's going to expand in this, uh, this same road. Just speculation, 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 more speculation. Right. And what is being what what is being like worked on? It's it's important to understand that there is no like organization. For example, I lead the peer coin. We don't talk with some token living on Ethereum. You know, we don't know that we mutually even exist. We may be grouped into crypto, like you know, it's like a umbrella term. But there is nothing we have in common, right? They are basically a startup doing this to get money. You know, they have employment. They and we are volunteers there, so nobody, nobody is like receiving paycheck to work on Peercoin. It's completely different worlds, 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 and we do different things. So there is no like main narrative. Like what is what is what is going on? These guys are trying to do this. Some guys are trying to do that, and you know everybody has its own agenda. So I I can't say like what is going on in general. Next, you 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 ask like what 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 do I think about which projects and so on? And I have warned you before we had this that I will not be talking names. I will not be mentioning any any kind of projects. Got it. So, so, I didn't so, sorry. Uh, use cases around crypto around blockchain that are tiny right now but you think will be huge in the coming in the coming months in the coming years i believe this this DeFi will eventually uh, become something like uh, brokerage you know like uh, Robinhood app you can you can use it to you know trade basically you can you can you can move your assets back and forth and you know and so on i believe this this will become a major use case for for let's say defi i'm putting the quotes around the defi because defi can mean many things but i believe eventually from all of this what will spawn is basically something like robin hood robin hood app which will allow you to speculate with everything like everything you will have exposure to you know stocks metals uh bonds crypto you can you can have everything but none of it none of it will be like actual thing it will all be synthetic assets and when you think about it why will this happen because one crypto doesn't have a friction okay so let's say you have a, you have a token living on some blockchain which which is synthetically synthetically pegged to let's say apple stock 
you don't have to get like almost any licenses from your regulator because you're not actually selling the Apple stock. Whoever bought it, they don't have any rights. They don't have any, any privileges, anything. They have just both themselves exposure to uh, whatever is happening with actual Apple stock, right? And this will uh, ex like it will remove the friction from from all of this like speculation, and you know it, it will get access to fresh fresh markets, like somebody living in Vietnam who could who could never uh, even touch crypto before. They can now touch it by by using the this. Uh, Synthetic assets, right? Yeah. Any any more use cases you think that are that are gonna explode and that's it, I believe. I I I don't dare to speculate about anything else. Yeah, so as I say, more speculation, more more trading, more exposure to different kinds of classes of assets which can be expressed on the blockchain and due to uh lessen lessen legal expectations and, and frameworks in this area. It will it will explode because you can, as I say, you can you can have a, a exposure to any kinds of assets using this technology without any legal expectations from the regulator. And that's basically it. NFTs, sure, maybe it, maybe it catches, but like it's it's very early. There's an important question and probably a long one. Where we kind of want to understand what role does crypto and the powers of trustless decentralized systems what role do they play in managing and building communities so there are there are multiple thoughts around this so what reddit has done with along with ethereum or what they're trying to kind of give you tokens based on the engagement that you get and the valuable content that you produce some someone like facebook could be pushing libra which is a whole decentralized currency to have transactions within the platform that's still not around governance, but think of a collaboration with a Discord server and an internal community coin where you're delivering coins based on your contribution, your leadership, how much direction you're pushing for. And this is still very digital and very small scale application of crypto. Think if it, if it actually works out and if it actually scales up, does it lead to building up new cities, let's say, or let's say 100 years down the road when new planets are being inhabited does crypto and like setting up incentive structures and governance structures play a huge role so how do you see the core principles of decentralized governments and the correct incentivization proof of work all of these concepts play out into building and managing and incentivizing people in the communities Okay, before I start, I, I just have two comments. So when Reddit is jumping on this board, they are only jumping it on that because of hype. And I don't think anything smart or peculiar will come of it. It's, it's just explo exploiting the, the new trend, right? And I believe that Facebook is doing the same thing. Actually, Facebook is doing a worse thing because they are trying to become a bank, central bank. They are trying to have its own currency. They, they will be deciding, deciding on the peg. They are trying to become a super national, you know, like going across the borders, like in, 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 in every sense. And I think that's a bad thing because we don't want to have companies running around having their private money. I believe that's a very, very dystopic vision of the future. I would certainly not want to live in that world. And I don't want my kids to live in that world. Because imagine if 
you you work for this company and they issue your they issue their own money and you're forced to take this their own money uh, as a form of payment and then you i don't know like you, you try to buy something from their competitor and then they they slaughter you on the exchange rate and the spread you know it's it's uh, it's a very very dark vision of future if you think about it you will see what i'm talking about it's it will be very very bad for everything now crypt as, as you mentioned in incentives so everything every, crypto is basically incentives that's that's everything so like you wouldn't believe like what will people do for a couple of tokens you know these tokens they don't have scarcity they don't have especially especially attractive narratives or anything but people will still do something in order to get these few tokens because they expect that maybe one day they will be worth something. And yes, so crypto is uh, widely, widely be, being used, especially tokens, to incentivize people to do something. And so, so think of it, crypto in its current form started as a very noble idea, but became a complete speculative asset. My doubts about using crypto and having it actually work out for a community exactly the same the early adopters might be driven by the purity but there would definitely be a lot of people who will just jump on bandwagon because it feels like as a speculation in future it becomes valuable and as and when it becomes more and more valuable their entire drive would be to drive more hype and to make it into a trading asset and never ever does crypto by itself or dry incentive mechanism by itself actually lead to pure and valuable contribution i want to hear if there are any counter arguments against this case or maybe some solutions to this problem i maybe i maybe i'm sounding maybe too pessimistic but i believe you're you're correct in this assessment because it's how do you turn crypto back from the present state how do you explain to somebody like that speculation maybe is not all about this you know you have there are generations of of crypto guys who have been raised in this environment and this is basically your core 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 user base right and if this core user base expects expects this then this will be happening because free market will be of course delivering the services and, and products uh, based on what the demand, you know, demand, there's demand for speculation. There is very uh, low demand for anything else. And so of, of, due to forces of the, of the market, it, the speculation will be the dominant force for years to come. Got it. If you, if you think about it in terms of completely philosophical speculation, has capitalism in itself been successful at solving this problem, something that crypto has not. So in my view, crypto is too focused on dry incentivization, which is purely incentive driven and based on, let's say, proof of work or any other proof, the incentive is hyper managed and hyper calculated. However, capitalism somehow is not just dry incentive, even though Everything is working on just making more and more currency. Do you think there is some philosophical difference between both of those systems where capitalism is actually driving some value in itself? Dollars or like currencies by themselves are not just speculative, but exchange units, 
and actually drive people to provide real value to the ecosystem whereas crypto is somehow lacking it probably there is like some philosophical gap that crypto has not hit yet or maybe crypto leads to such huge potential returns that it it ends up becoming a pyramid scheme and just because that is true its nature of pyramid scheme never dies so do you think where i'm getting at can be a possible valuable question to answer for crypto first of all i believe that like fiat money right like dollars euros and so on they are also just just an incentive yeah uh, when you think about it from like very macroscopic view viewpoint you can you can notice like money is just a virtual thing and it's just an incentive so who is like anybody to judge if you will do this service or this kind of payment okay so if if you're willing to i don't know like go to, to go uh, every every monday every tuesday every every day, every day of the week to your to your workplace and do some service for your employer and in exchange you get some you know like some some form of uh, payment right and who is to judge you if you will take bitcoin as a payment in this case or any other currency right it's just an incentive if if this is incentive for you uh i believe that like the core of the capitalism is is satisfied i mean the core concept is satisfied somebody has incentivized you to do something that you know how to do and you came to your workplace and you have actually done this task and the wheels of the economy have moved so during your road to your job you can you, you you have maybe purchased a coffee you have maybe bought bought yourself a breakfast you have ridden a public transport or even better you have driven your own car you, you so imagine like how many steps and how many other people were involved in making this possible and everybody is basically this is the economy this is the economy the economy is like a very big system which is uh, in, uh, which is like cross connected and your your job as like like architect of the system is basically just to ensure that everybody keeps doing whatever they are doing and if possible that they self improve that they have incentive to like i don't know like find more optimal ways of doing th- whatever they do and like who is to say who is to say like they should be doing it only for dollars or so on and this is basically what 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 the what the guys who are into crypto they are basically arguing about this is the the philosophy behind that so hayek spoke about private money right and like core arguments is basically like anything can be money if it's liquid so if i can liquidly exchange my coins for usd in order to satisfy you know this bill specific bill which is expressed in dollars if i can do that liquidly like like uh, it's perfectly viable money for me using coins and you have like very very vast numbers of crypto uh, which we collectively call shit coins and this is basically expression which says this has no any point like this is completely like they have missed everything right but some of these and like actually a good number of these they are actually very liquid like i don't i'm not sure like how do they become so liquid i mean i know but i can't say it publicly just a second just scrolling through the list so like let's say top top 50 coins 
top 100 coins. Like maybe maybe five six are actually viable to be used as a currency because they are liquid enough. But if this bubble keeps up, I, I you can imagine like a future uh, near term future where where 50 of these uh, become liquid enough to be actually used. And if they're liquid enough, who's to say like they're not viable currency? Even though that they have no backing at all, like they don't, they don't have like philosophical backing, they don't have ideological backing. All they are, as you have said, they are just a pyramid scheme. But it works. It 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 works in perpetual. You know, like there are no hiccups. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to like imagine like if you were like the if you are if you if you were the uh, regulator, right? How can you go out and say like I forbid this from from happening? How can you be the one who makes the call? Because in the spirit of capitalism, you should be, you should be allowing a free market to decide. And if if the free market has a desire to continue pushing and investing in these things, you know how can you say no? It's a very you know it's a it's a hard it's a hard thing to define. And what's it's- interesting is. The value of Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is very fluctuating. So it can increase a lot or it can Mm -hmm. go down a lot. And it's not backed by inherent value, but it's rather backed by hype. And that property is leading it to become a pyramid scheme. Because essentially my job is to buy it at a lower price, hype it up and then sell it off. And this one property makes Bitcoin lose its entire philosophical goal because now everyone who's going to enter sees a very clear way of making quick money. And it just becomes bigger and bigger as a bubble, but doesn't really solve a problem. So if you think of it, the real problem that has to be solved is to solve this property. And that alone can make it far more stable and far more useful and actually clear out so much noise that exists in the market. I just don't understand how it would be solved, but I think that's like potential. Mm, you know, you, you can't solve about. it. You can't solve it. It's, this is basically how it, how it will be forever. Uh, you, will, you will always have this uh, like very cyclic and very, very uh, violent and uh, huge bubbles forming and then collapsing and forming, collapsing and so on. This is how it goes goes and you can't you can't fix it this is this is the state of the market you need to understand that like uh, like since 2014 maybe 15 you you can you can use your bitcoins as a collateral to buy more my buy more bitcoins okay so you can go you can go to some exchanges and you can you can like get get there with 20 bitcoins and they will give you 5x like margin right and now you use this to push higher the price of your own bitcoins, right? So you just you just keep buying more, and at the peak bubble, you just basically you cash out, and you know like in this situation where everybody is trying to cash out as fast as possible, and because because you have just removed the the floor, right? It just just keeps uh, falling down. So it's uh, it's usually it usually uh, goes goes down like eighty percent. From the peak to the bottom of, of the correction. And as I say, there is no way to handle this, no way to solve this. Maybe more regulation will help. Maybe more inclusion of the actual fiat currencies into the trading scene. Because I believe this all these schemes are basically they they not like 
nobody like sat down and like they wanted to make a scheme they just they were just solving problems so the, there was demand from the market that there is margin trading but there they also get the message from the regulators you can't have uh you can't have like uh, i don't know you, you don't have a license to have like actual usds on your exchange so they did they did the next best thing they they allowed people to leverage by using the bitcoin as a collateral it's uh, it's organic got it got it oh, this is actually very interesting to think about and probably a very very interesting problem just in terms of how the currency ecosystems actually play out so we'll go back to the questions that people have asked so far so Earlier, you mentioned that because Bitcoin is financialized, there are drastic swings based on overall non-crypto markets. What are the scenarios you potentially see this bull market playing out? Are there any crypto drivers you're taking into consideration? It's hard to speculate how do I see this bull market playing out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, like I, I don't engage with speculation. What I did thought myself to do is like pure track technical trading. I don't understand. I don't understand the demand. Okay. Like me personally, not me as a pure chemist, like professional, but me like personally, I don't understand why would somebody go out there and buy Bitcoin at $30,000. I have no idea why would somebody do that, but somebody does that. Uh, but somebody who understands the trading, I checked the check the chart and then I see why would somebody buy Bitcoin right and and now you you you, ne you can never guesstimate how far will you know how far 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 this game of uh, basically musical chairs will go right so they keep piling the money in until until the point where there is complete saturation and then it then it will collapse and this is done on person like in, in on purpose so nobody who is entering now, I mean, okay, somebody, somebody is naive, somebody is, somebody is entering, you know, because they think dollars will crash to zero and they will save their wealth by moving into Bitcoin or something. But, you know, like uh, smart cats, they are, they are pushing on purpose and they want to see how far, how far it, it will go and how, how, how much money they can make by pushing it up. But it, it's, uh, I wouldn't say this, this problem is not specifically about, about crypto. I, I see the same problem in stocks. For example, Tesla stock is an obvious bubble and like it will crash 80% sometime. You, you never know like when, but it will crash. Like it's, it's obvious. If you, if, you can, if you can read charts, you can see that it will crash. But it's, it's, then you have like real estate bubble, like uh, the prices of real estates are like going through the moon everywhere so yeah i, I believe this is the, all of this is a consequence of there is no like real organic growth economic growth anywhere and there's so much access money in the system entire system uh global system and money is basically chasing 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 next pump right they they don't have like uh, some kind of production in like big advancement scientific investment to invest in so they're just like they're participating in bubbles and that's it. Can you speak about the overall liquid nature of the market? Is there enough money to participate? How does it compare to regular markets? 
well crypto is traditionally very liquid uh like ex extremely liquid i would even say when you compare it to regular markets i don't know like if, if you go to trade gold cfd you can you can in 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 space of one pip you can enter and exit your position but in crypto like i don't know if if you if you find yourself in on a on a, on a wrong leg right in the let's say bitcoin is crashing then good luck good luck cashing out i don't know if you if you have like i don't know like maybe five thousand bitcoins good luck with with not crashing the price like on your own like by by five percent even even maybe ten it's it's highly illiquid got it another question uh fed printing trillions of money is trillions of dollars is scary canada ex-prime minister said i see no replacement to the usd standard other than gold or bitcoin what are your thoughts on bitcoin maximalists and uh, us dollar hyperinflation first of all about this about fed printing and hyperinflation all of, all of these are memes there are memes launched by basically bitcoin maximalists on twitter they shouldn't be taken seriously you everybody is able i believe to find specifically i don't follow the what is fed doing because i don't live in the united states i don't care much but i'm following what what is ecb doing in frankfurt and i see the inflation in eurozone is still under two percent and and uh, by participating in local economy i see that there is actually lack of cash so what i what i if you if you guys remember from 2000 2009 2008 2009 if you remember what what they were doing they were trying to make the population to save money after the crash right and everybody was everybody was saying like you know like save 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 there were massive cuts of spending government spending uh, everything went to shit basically and then they did analysis of their steps after the recession right after in, in 2013 14 and 15 and they came to the co conclusion that it's actually better to increase spending increase government spending and uh, make people to continue spending money because if you allow the the wheels of the economy to to halt and contract during the recession, it will be very, very expensive and hard to get them going again. So this time around, they have prevented the recession by printing money. As I say, print money is basically just incentive, right? And like hyperinflation, there's less, like less. I'm I'm sure like it's currently less than three percent. So how much money do you, do you need to, to have on your own bank account to, to feel, even feel, notice the, the inflation of 3%? That's like multi-billions, right? And who has money and who has like multi-billions in cash? Nobody's smart. You shouldn't be having that, that kind of money at all. And right. thoughts, about, thoughts about BTC maximalists? Yeah guys who have their careers about bitcoin and the likely the only job they ever had is basically pumping bitcoin buying low and selling high and of course yeah it's a, it's a business model it's a business model to be maximalist what are your opinions on stablecoin reserves and the controversy around bitcoin as a part of the reserve i believe that's actually quite true the rumors are likely very very likely they are true that 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 bitcoin is backing tether as as a part of this reserve 
Uh, but it's only not about all the stable coins. That's specifically about Tether. Uh, you you can you can definitely use alternatives. You have uh, one from uh, Circle USDC. Uh, it's regulated, and then you have True USD, and uh, you have some algorithm alg synthetics uh, also, like uh, Dai on Ethereum, and a couple of couple of like uh, similar uh, similar concepts. If Tether blows, if Tether blows, then like you will you, you will see like the biggest and the fastest crash in human history. Oh, okay. If if let's say as a person who barely understands the crypto ecosystem, I have to learn and I have to discover new projects. What's happening? Uh, both the news and what are the new abstractions that are being built? What are the old abstractions that matter? How how do I gain? knowledge how do i gain experiential knowledge and experience into crypto and like the new financial institutions and abstractions that are being built how do i get into the world and like actually understand what's happening well most of the people go by basically learning about it and then deciding that they should invest in the next 20 minutes and then they take <laughs> their money and buy whatever but you know whatever they saw the advert for or something like that. Uh, so it's it's hard to get actual information because journalism uh, doesn't exist in crypto. Everything is paid for. Every article, if if they talk about something in in a very how to say very very nice words, right? Like they are they try trying to sell something, and you you are not likely to find like something on your own something good on your own but also you should not be chasing something new constantly like there is no sense uh, i often say all the good all the good coins were made already in 2014 you don't have to look further than you know like why not why not be more conservative like okay you, you can you can chase but if you chase something new you don't have any any kind of information you don't know how it was done by who what is their motive will they cheat on you and so on and especially if you're trying to invest and get going into tokens launched by startups as i as i said like if your if your crypto has a ceo then it's not really a crypto but you can still make money of course if you're if you if you time the market well so but how how do you find different information i don't know like try to find there are there are groups on Discord and uh, on Telegram where you, you will find people with more experience. For example, I, I invite everybody to join Peercoin Chat. You don't have to, of course, you don't have to touch Peercoin at all. Just hang around with guys who are in, in, in space for many, many years and they are they are they know they, they can tell you about things. If you ask questions, they, they can answer and very nice people actually polite and civilized unlike most of the rest the rest of the scene <laughs> right good apart from this are there any other communities that are incredibly helpful if you just want to cut through the noise and actually like understand what's the value and whatever new is being built well actually i wouldn't know because i'm uh, entire entire my days all of days of my, are only about pure coins so i never i never ventured out uh, in, in other communities or let's say projects, uh, except for my clients. But even even with clients, I don't 
communicate with their communities. So I wouldn't know uh, how it goes around. Yeah. How has your emotion into crypto and technology changed the way you see or perceive the world? That's a nice question. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. I believe I have... I have actually grown up by by learning all of this because now I understand how the markets work, how, what is market making, how how did this happen, what how did how to how to accomplish, let's say a hype, you know, all of these things which you which you notice that they are being used everywhere, every industry they work the same, and you can see the basic concepts applied everywhere. Got it. Got it. So something that we ask all our guests, like just a couple of questions, what are some good books that you'd want to recommend us all to like go through? Not specifically crypto, not specifically pure coin, can be something totally random, but just some good book recommendations that you've been through. Uh, I, I read a lot and, and now it's, uh, now it's hard, to, hard to say like one, which is, but I have one, but it's called Blink. But I don't have it like next to myself now. I can I can uh, send you details after after I'm done because I'm now in, now in the office and the book is in the other room. Got it, got it. Yeah, you can just share it on the channel and people can just check it out. We got sure. it. I think. Will do. Uh, yeah, we got it. The part of thinking without thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, what is some general advice that you want to give to like people who are just entering the like naivety full of years, like just entering building stuff and just gonna figure out the world for themselves for the first time? You mean like specifically in crypto? No, no, no. In general. Like, do you have any advice for people in like people like us, 18 to 23 year old, starting work now, figuring out what to do? Uh, yeah, this this should be smart, right? I can't say everything. Well, be persistent. That's I, I believe that's uh, that's very very important because you know you will you will you will hit roadblocks, but you need to, need to push you need to push harder, and like always try to have like multiple steps planned in advance. Don't go like don't rely basically purely on your instinct for example if you are trying the business venture while doing this business like trying to organize the business venture always have a backup plan and try to see how can you modify your business plan in real time basically if something goes wrong okay so if you hit a roadblock and you find yourself cash trapped and so on because you have uh, clearly wanted to do it this way Try to see if there is a way to um, do as as minimal modification as possible, so it gives a result. Where this uh, principle comes from? From evolution. Evolution does not invent anything like brand new. It modifies existing things, and that's why it's super successful. For example, for example, your jaw is basically one of your ribs. It was just relocated and shrunk. So it can serve in this purpose. Just to give an example, how you know, like taking existing thing and slightly modifying it, it can mean uh, a completely different thing. 
effectively. Got it. Got it. What are the kind of people you enjoy working with? And if let's say someone wants to work with you, how should they approach you? And what 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 does an ideal person who you want to work with look like? Honesty first. I'm extremely honest up to the point that I'm sometimes uh, even like rude or or something like like complete honesty. I don't I don't think anybody has time for lies and games in business. Next, open. Like I'm not like open like emotionally or something like that. Open to like learn something new. And if 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 something you 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 thought that is absolutely correct. If it turns out wrong, don't don't become depressed over that. Just get up and I don't know, like reestablish your views and get going again. That's it. Got it. Is there anyone you look up to? And if yes, then who are those people and why do you look up to them? Well, I of course I have I have people who look up to, but they are in like in in my real life, right? Like. I, you know people I, I know from locally but i wouldn't uh, like list go out to list list them now got it got it why why do you want to do you want to mention a few qualities that you really like or are inspired by well like one quality i i like is the is like principles, right? I believe person without his own per- principles, I believe he's nobody actually. Because, you know, how how can you how can you form yourself as a person if you don't have principles? You have to stand up for something. So if you believe in I don't know in racism, then then strictly please believe in racism and and, and explain logically why is this important. I'm just giving the the example. Or if you believe in free market, please then live as as somebody who who believes in the free market and so on this this is something i respect deeply got it got it that's very interesting yeah cool let's say if people want to reach out to you after this chat what's the best way to reach out to you or does discord work yeah i'm I'm on discord basically yeah entire day so yeah sure just please i'm not buying anything please don't know sales offers <laughs> got it got it um fine so we'll have the final question mm-hmm. and then we end the fireside chat so i think you mentioned growing up was a struggle and that led you into learning more about how the world works and getting involved in these niche communities do you think you'd be in a position you're in if that was not your experience mm. I'm fairly certain that I wouldn't. Got it. This was this was amazing. As as a person who doesn't understand crypto at all, I think just doing this fireside taught me so much. And like now there are like a ton of things that I'm gonna look up to and like just go ahead and research. So thanks a lot. And I'm sure the people who are listening got the same experience and got to learn a lot. Thanks a lot for taking out the time. If there, are, I we find. You send a couple of pieces that you've written and from your past interviews, and those were amazing. If there, are, if there are other things that you've written, yeah, we, yeah, we... find f- find me on Medium. I have a I have a like a blog on Medium. I write sometimes, and I also write for the for my clients and for Peercoin, of course. Sure, sure. 
definitely we love to check that out cool thanks a lot for doing this uh, oh thank I you think... thank you for having me just like a final note i know like everybody's getting excited about crypto and so on but remember you will be venturing into a dark forest and the forest is actually there there are more more wolves in the forest than there is a prey so yeah watch out thank you so much for joining us today i've been your producer jacob pedicord if you'd like to stay in touch you can follow us on twitter at gen z mafia or if you're interested in joining our discord head on over to our website genzmafia.com we'll see you next time but now that the show is over it's time to build Thank you.